Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Gary Pallet, and welcome to the Indocha Podcast, where it's all about cultivating entrepreneurship, inspiring leadership, and taking yourself to the next level. Joining us today is Mr. Ricky Risky. He's the sales and marketing director of Raysbeed Asia, an international freight forwarding company located in Jakarta. And Ricky is here to share with us his knowledge that he's acquired throughout his years of experience, share with us his unique insights into the world of freight forwarding in Indonesia, and give us a behind the scenes look into his journey to success. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. Just take a minute to fill in some gaps to that intro and give us a glimpse into your personal life. I'm actually a father of three daughters and I have a wife. I studied before on my bachelor degree in Indonesia, Tangerang City in the Universitas Pelita Harapan. And then I chose to continue my master's degree in UK, in Birmingham University. I've been working in RaceFit 15 years. Before that, I never thought about the freight forwarding business because my basic actually is the engineering side. Mm -hmm. I was the industrial engineer. My master's degree also, it is all about the operation management. I worked uh, before as the industrial engineer in the truck assembly in Subang in uh, West Java. Then after that, I worked as the project uh, staff. I did the, the civil work just like a building management. So nothing to do with the transportation. <laughs> then on the 2002, I started working with RaceBit. And so RaceBit basically is the international freight forwarding and the inter international courier. Mm -hmm. So it is all about the transportation. Even the first time I joined here, because my, my thesis was about the system uh, database management. So when I was joining RaceBit, I made the system for the RaceBit itself. So I made everything on the database, everything. Then I have to get no better to make the database system. So I have to know the operational thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have to learn about op operation, marketing and everything. So now after having my experience also in the operation, uh, mostly in the import and export thing and dealing, dealing with the uh, partner and the overseas partner and everything, now I'm I was trusted to fill on the sales and marketing director in the race with Asia. You said you had never uh, thought of getting into the um, freight forwarding industry, but it seemed like um, your background experience and knowledge all worked out for the best, huh? <laughs> uh, anyway, Ricky, before we dive into the good stuff, uh, maybe for some of our listeners who might not be too familiar with freight forwarding, could you break it down in a nutshell, what a freight forwarder does? All right, all right. Yeah. Every person in the freight forwarding has different view about the freight forwarding, Gary. But there is a word that I really like, that freight forwarding is the architect of the transportation. Nice. We are doing on the, the international business, international transportations. Sometimes the people just assume that if we are sending, supposing, to Europe, but they don't know how the route to reach mm -hmm. the destination with mm -hmm. the efficient way, with the effective way. So that's the role on the freight forwarding, to choose the mode of transportation, to choose the best route mm -hmm. to get, uh, to reach the destination with the efficient and the uh, effective way. Mm -hmm. So if we are talking in Indonesia, domestic uh, transportation, 
there are many choices uh, right now. If you go to Papua, you cannot say that you will use all the transportation using land transport. It is not possible because the contour of the Papua itself, mm -hmm. it is not possible if you are using the truck or using the just like the small car. So they are mostly using the chopper and then they're using the airline, right? But in, in Java, you, you can use the land transportation. So if you want to send uh, goods from here to Papua, maybe you are using uh, many models. You can first using land transport that you combine with the sea freight, with the ocean transport. Then in the Papua it's, itself, you move maybe by air. This sounds really complicated, but I really like how you put it. The architect of transportation. Um, now, when we think of architects in general, uh, when architects design buildings, a lot of factors come into play, yep, such yep. as um, they have to put regional or safety regulations in consideration. Mm -hmm. The design has to be in accordance to the budget or right. uh, available materials. Uh, now, in case of freight forwarding itself, what are some of the major factors that you have to put into consideration when trying to move uh, your goods from, let's say, China to Indonesia? So, supposing you have a goods that you want to import it from China to Indonesia, what you have to know first that every government has the different regulation. So, you have to know the regulation in China, and you have also to know the regulation how to uh, import goods to Indonesia. Mm -hmm. So. That's the main thing that you have to know, because in some country, just like China, they, they have a product that they, they manufacture in China, but that good cannot be exported to other countries. So there are uh, goods that can be and cannot be exported. So you have to know. And secondly, in Indonesia side, there is the regulation uh, which is prohibited to enter to Indonesia or maybe there is the limitation when you enter to Indonesia or there are some good that is very protect uh, the government is very protective about the market in Indonesia so just, just like a, a, a bicycle market right mm -hmm. because there are many uh, bicycle manufacturers in Indonesia so when you want to import a bicycle from from China supposing we know mostly in China they have the very cheap price right that's why when you're entering to Indonesia, the government have the limitation giving the, the hike on the duty. Once you know the regulation, you have to know what is the China is big, right? So with China, you, you want to import it from. Sometimes there is a, a city in China, you can get the direct flight from that city, right? So you have to plot from China, from that city, maybe to the nearest port. So you have to calculate also the time right mm -hmm. the lead time to move from that city into the nearest port then you start exported from this port to indonesian port and up to the consignor or the receiver here in indonesia mm -hmm. so that thing that you have to do right that you have to know but supposing that you are my client right so you don't have to know in details that's the function of the freight forwarding here we are the ar architect of the, the transportation. We are not only giving you the advice of uh, giving you the best transportation that you have to choose from China to Indonesia, but we also have to give you the solution, uh, to give you the, the brief knowledge that there are something that you have 
to prepare yes. before you're doing the importation. So you don't want to to say that you're buying online from eBay or maybe from Alibaba, yeah, right? Yeah. You just send the goods just like that. You pay, then okay, please send the goods. When the goods is arrived to Indonesia, you cannot clear because the custom said, okay, this one is prohibited. So you cannot do the clearance. You cannot, uh, this goods cannot enter to Indonesia. So you have to send back to China. That will be a problem. Uh, yes, that would be a problem. Uh, but modern regulations, I'm not so sure about China, but in case of Indonesia, it seems that the regulations are regularly being uh, revised. Right. And it's really hard enough to keep up with Indonesian regulations. Right. But how do you keep up to date with the regulations from other countries that your clients are asking you to import from? So is there some sort of website or association that keeps you well informed uh, regarding this matter? Yeah, actually on the international trade forwarding, there are the association uh, of the trade forwarding as well. But uh, the more imp- the the most important thing that uh, we have, we should have a partner in the overseas. Mm. Just like us, we have the partner on the four, uh, 45 countries overseas so when you have to export or import to or from that country we have to discuss first with them what is the regulation right after we having the regulation then sometimes we also check on the website of the custom website or the government website itself about this good and everything so then we combine and after that we give you the information about that so it is you you cannot just rely on the information from google because the regulation in each government mostly on the custom side not only in indonesia but also in other countries sometimes there are the revision right there are the new regulation sometimes can be uh, once a month maybe once every three months uh, everything they, they always update it they always update it so that's why we have to keep uh, the good communication with our overseas partners. I see. Now, aside from regulations, it seems that there are um, other variables that come into play and that you might not have full control over. Uh, right. So, as you mentioned earlier, supposing I were your client, I wouldn't need to know exactly mm-hmm. in detail right. what's going on in the back end, right? So, you as an architect of transportation would be coordinating everything to moving the goods from point A to point B. Uh, but I assume that you're probably dealing with maybe seven to ten companies. You know, the supplier, trucking company, exporter, right. shipping line, uh, warehousing, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can imagine that since there are so many parties involved, um, my concern is that if, if in case we run into a speed bump, uh, an obstacle during the process of moving goods uh, from uh, what was it, China to Indonesia, that there would be a lot of finger pointing. You know, like, hey, the delay or the penalty wasn't from my side, but let's say it was the trucking company's fault. Uh, now, is there a workaround to avoid these kinds of uh, complications yeah, yeah, and yeah. finger pointing? Yeah, yeah. That's why in in the international trade, we this is more te- technical. But I mm-hmm. think I think every people who do the trading, uh, uh, the international trading, they they have to know about this. There is the incoterm. You have to know what is the boundary between the seller and the buyer. Supposing you're doing the export from Indonesia to Singapore, mm-hmm. just like that. If you sell your goods on the CIF term, 
means that your responsibility is from your warehouse up to Singapore port. Mean if there is the speed bump or any problem, any obstacles between your warehouse yes. up to Singapore port, so it it will be your responsibility, right? Mm. So when you're using us, supposing you're using us, yeah. if there is a problem between this area, so you can pointing to us. Okay, Resmit, what is the problem? Okay, this is your problem. Since you are you are selling this good under CIF term, means before that could clear or the Singapore custom. So yeah. still on your responsibility. So this inco term, actually, it will give you the boundary. What is the risk of the seller? What is the risk on the buyer? What is the responsibility on the seller and the buyer itself? That's the basic thing. Each company that doing the export import, they have to know. I see. All right, guys, don't worry. If we go too further deep into the technical aspects of freight forwarding, mm -hmm. um, there may right. be some terms that you're not so familiar with, but I'll be sure to um, post it on the show notes. So do check that out after the show. And Ricky, going yeah, back yeah. to what you said earlier that you have 45 partners around the globe, maybe for some of our entrepreneurs tuning in, who are looking to enter this industry, um, they, as, as you said, they should have well established some kind of partnership if they wish to do international freight forwarding. Right. Now, in your case, um, how were you able to reach out and uh, establish the relationships with your current partners? Was it through the association you mentioned earlier where uh, mutual help was expected, like I scratch your back and you scratch mine? Well, or so. <clears throat> what we are doing right now, we are not joining in the International Association. So we are looking directly to the to the partner or the overseas. Then we are offering whether they want to be the exclusive one or just the regular partner. Some are exclusive means, okay, when I'm sending to that country, maybe supposing to Malaysia, so I have to use them. When they have a shipment back to Indonesia, so they have to choose me as the agent in Indonesia. That's the exclusive. But if we choose, okay, you just the regular partner mm -hmm. means they have the free to choose who's the agent in Indonesia. There is no exclusive ag agreement that they have to use me. Mm -hmm. So there is the exclusive and non-exclusive partnership. That's what we build right now. Presently, we are not thinking to join in one international association there are many it's not association mostly we call it alliance the alliance uh -huh. we not decided to choose which alliance we want to get in but we start the partnership we direct looking for the partner then we mm. start to communicate with them mostly we're doing by email sometimes we also we have to call cold, cold calling, cold calling right and if you have a time, usually once a year, we visit them or sometimes they visit to us, just like that. I see, I see. Um, okay, Ricky, 15 years in this line of work, as you mentioned, uh, since 2001. And you've taken on various responsibilities from various job roles. Right. From operations to business development, all the way to sales and marketing. Now, what right. would you say is your main field of expertise? or your current field of expertise, if you feel like you are uh, more, oh, oh, sorry, uh, more knowledgeable um, uh, than in one right. respect. We, we have some speciality of the service itself. 
which is my field of expertise right now. I see all the shipment is going maybe in a month, in two months, three months. So I see what is the possibility that I can improve on this kind of service. So I'm more doing on the looking for the new innovation because right now in Jakarta itself, maybe there are two or three hundred courier companies. That's the courier companies. If you are uh, talking about the freight forwarding, maybe it's more than that. So means you have this cake, and there are many persons want to eat that cake, right? Yes, yes. So uh, what the the uh, what can guarantee that you can have not the big cake, maybe the good one, <laughs> yeah. the good one with the chocolate with inside, the chocolate right? Cherry. <laughs> with cherry, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, if you just want to run the freight forwarding, just like you send the goods, then you you send the billing, they pay. Yeah, that's the regular one. Right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we have the speciality on this, like a niche. You find your niche means you are on the blue ocean. Yes. Mean uh, price is not the, the important thing. What they want to know is about the services. Yes. Services maybe it, it can be the explanation, the knowledge, the feature, everything. That's what we look at. By the way, this is confidential feature, right? <laughs> okay, so sorry, guys. <laughs> if you guys want, if you guys want the, uh, the new features, the you have, or you can uh, directly contact RaySpeed and use their service if you want to enjoy the the innovative features. <laughs> I tell you after you stop the recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, uh, um, now, now since it's confidential, I'll. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'll probably uh, slightly change right. the topic. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, mm -hmm. 15 years, have you noticed any significant changes in freight forwarding during the past 15 years uh, in Indonesia? Wow. Yeah, a lot. A lot, Gary. Actually, a lot changed that in the 15 years ago. Mostly on the regulation, yes, of course. The regulation always changed maybe in a month, two months, three months. And also about the technology itself. Maybe on the last 15 years, you cannot move the cargo or the, the, uh, the goods that have the upper length or maybe the upper weight. Right, mm -hmm. right now, this, we have the big, uh, big airplane, so the capacity is increasing. Right. So, and otherwise, the, if you are talking also about the logistics, so actually the freight forwarding is only part of the logistics itself. Yeah. People say on the last 15 years that, okay, I'm in the logistic business. But actually what they are doing is just the freight forwarding. They are just doing the transportation. Mm -hmm. So the development of the last 15 years, now people want to see of the, uh, people always say about the logistic thing. So if the logistic thing that you have to cope all the activity of the logistic itself, so you are not only doing the transportation, you are not doing only for the freight forwarding, but you are also doing the warehousing, the storing, the inventory management, right? Another thing is the development of the information technology. Last 15 years, maybe you have to buy a software. You have to, uh, you need big server to store your record, right? Right now, there are many choices using the database there. And also we don't have to buy, we can create our own and we can give the information not by 
email only but we also give the information by gadget by website and everything I see, I see. oh wow sounds like a very dynamic industry since so many variables are constantly changing would you say yeah uh, if, i think it's not only on the freight forwarding itself i think yeah. every service business they have to see about the the development of the the the, the changing there are many changing right? they are very dynamic mm -hmm. so mostly the more important thing on the service business is not only the changing on the technology but the changing of the people itself mm -hmm. so it is about about ourselves about people so some people say that okay i'm so comfort with this kind of work so what i'm doing i'm just uh, receiving the request for the quotation then we make the quotation quotation we send the quotation once deal then we send back right yeah uh, we send the goods and everything but they don't want to know about the new thing on the logistic on the uh, on the freight forwarding that's quite difficult yeah. the person is still the difficult one but that can be uh, minutes if you have the culture and the company itself company culture yes company culture that I is the most important company thing. culture so basically uh, dealing with the people element in regards to the management of your team and staff um, so what kind of practices do you implement in your team to get everyone on the same page as you? Uh, first, to change the, the habit or the behavior, right? I learned from one person that people can be changed, change his habit if they do the new thing uh, regularly after 21 times. Then it will become the new habit or new behavior. Okay. So first, you have to change yourself before you start change yourself right the, the the simple thing when you come to the office when your working hours start at eight o'clock in the morning when you come as the boss you come at nine o'clock in the morning your staff will follow your style so they will come at nine or maybe eight thirty before the boss is coming maybe you give the punishment to them mm -hmm. can you guarantee that the punishment can make them change Maybe no, no. on that time, they know that they are wrong, but by tomorrow, they, they feel the same. So you have to change by yourself first. So you come early in the morning. You, when you uh, start at 8, you come to the office at 7.30. So I believe your staff will come earlier after 21 times. I see. Mm -hmm. um, now, what do you have to say about dealing with the people element mm -hmm. outside of our circle such as how to deal with prospective clients how to deal with um, overseas partners mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. you have any tips or workarounds for our listeners so that's the good thing if you go into the sales and marketing world. so you're always dealing with people right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're dealing with uh, with with people with the different style different yeah. behavior that's again that depend on me if depend on us itself means you learn about the habit the behavior of each each person first rule is become a good listener first mm -hmm. means you are not talking much about you you want to know much about him or about her so if they give you the opportunity to ask about yourself to express yourself then yeah. you can speak about you but not too much. Uh, uh, yes, yes, that uh, that definitely rings a bell because um, I believe that's one of Dale Carnegie's principles from his mm -hmm. book, right. How to Win Friends and uh, Influence People. 
So by letting the other person do most of the talking in terms of the other person's interests, uh, as you said, you'll get to learn more about the person, know more about their hobbies and interests, and then you'll be able to respond or continue the conversation in a way that resonates uh, with that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on, Ricky, Mm -hmm. I'd like to know more about... uh, the people that you deal with what are some of the common mistakes or misconceptions that maybe your clients have made or maybe the people who are in a similar line of work as you that's probably caused them to uh, lose money or cause a, a delay in their shipments the common thing in indonesia actually people always uh, get used to doing the hanky panky <laughs> right find the shortcut how your cook can clear from the airport means sometimes you have to break the rule. Uh, there are services uh, said about the lump sum service. Actually, uh, during the import activity, it is not quite easy. I mean, there are something that you have to follow. There are something that you uh, you have to apply for the license. Right. We some people said it's quite difficult. It it is we we cannot apply this because of this and others right actually it's not difficult if they are importing that good regularly right so it means they are not uh, importing only one time uh, sometimes indonesia they, they just say that okay i don't want to apply this one because it it, it will take a week it will take two weeks right. so i don't want to be bothered about this one, sometimes they just say, how much will I pay? That's right. the shortcut way, right? Yeah. That happened in Indonesia itself. So it is not about the regulation. The regulation is quite strict, no. Every country, I believe, they have the regulation for every item coming into this country. The main thing is just to protect their own market right. right. Yeah. That's, that's normal in each country. But some people, there is the patient people <laughs> there. <laughs> unpatient people or patient uh, uh, patient company or unpatient company they say that okay i can do by this way just pay this much so i can get the, the my my item faster so why i have to follow this rule well maybe they can they can do that one time but that's not the long-term business i say no right so which one you choose if you want to do the business you want to do the for the long term right so better if you if you know you do this regularly better you apply you follow the regulation now in case of race speed and you yourself ricky um, what has been the biggest lesson uh, that you've learned maybe deriving from one of the biggest mistakes or the worst entrepreneurial moment that you have ever experienced uh yeah yeah happened on the 2003 when we set up our brands in Singapore at that time uh, we didn't do any feasibility study first we just know that easy to open the company in Singapore we just uh, have a partner there we open this uh, he said that by by spending two dollars two Singapore Singaporean dollar means that you, you you already have your company name oh I didn't know that Everything is registered online. Then we start that on 2003, 
but we never never think about the cost in Singapore. So we notice that Singapore is one of the the highest living cost country. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? I think it's the second right now. First is Tokyo. Maybe it's number two right now. So uh, we didn't take the feasibility study. How actually how to start the business in the Singapore? How we can run the management uh, well management in Singapore? So we just start up the company. Then we do our Singapore office just to support our shipment from and to Indonesia. Not the profit center, but just like the cost center. So on that side, yes, the Indonesian side get the profit because all the shipment to Singapore and from Singapore is increasing. The people said, okay, Rayspeed has the Singapore office means everything from Singapore and to Singapore is easy to handle by Rayspeed. Right. But we never think that in Singapore itself, we should have the profit. So we didn't have any salesperson or any marketing person in Singapore. So on this, our Singapore office, just the operational staff. So everything is cost. And cost in Singapore is quite high. So then we decided on the 2005 not to continue this company, not, not, uh, not to continue. We are giving the, the agent to do that. Okay, so this is my takeaway. And that is sometimes you just can't dive into the water head first, no matter how nice the water may seem. Uh, right. You know, when there's a lot at stake, mm -hmm. you got to dip right. your toes in first, get a good mm -hmm. feel of the water, uh, see that it's not too deep or too shallow with uh, sharp objects, or in Yuki's case, do a thorough feasibility study and then make the right calculations before following through with your plan. So Ricky, 2005 to 2007, that's a two-year lesson there. Um, you mentioned that you earned a pretty good profit in Indonesia, but was it not enough to offset the operational costs incurred in Singapore? Well, actually we can. We, we have the profit in Indonesia we sent to Singapore, but when the shipment is increasing, in Indonesia for export and import from and to Singapore. The problem that we have also to add some operational costs additional in Singapore. We didn't notice that in Singapore, doing the outsource is the normal thing. Right. In Singapore, mm -hmm. you don't have to have many staff. Maybe you have one or two staff. And for doing the delivery, doing the clearance, doing everything, you can give to other companies. You can outsource. That's the normal thing in Singapore. Yeah, I didn't know that. So we didn't notice that. So we we hire more <laughs> person to do the delivery. The problem <laughs> is the cost is higher also in yeah. Singapore. Yeah, I can imagine. So it didn't match with the profit in Jakarta. It yeah. cannot. Uh, what is it? Offset. It cannot cover offset <laughs> cost in Singapore. <laughs> uh, so to all the Indochefs out there tuning in, guys, this is why I absolutely value having these kinds of talks and interviews with mentors and experts such as uh, Ricky himself, because trial and error is a luxury. Mm -hmm. And this is because not all of us can afford the money and especially the time that it takes to make right. a mistake or to do the trial and error. Right. And in some cases like uh, this, you know, it takes years 
before realizing that something just doesn't work and that yeah, yeah, you yeah. will probably have to start all over. Right. So let's kind of flip this around, Ricky, in contrast to what you consider to be the biggest letdown back in 2007. Now, what's something that's going on today that you're just absolutely excited and fired up about? Well, in respect, I say because we are not doing only the transportation right now. We are more concentrating in the logistic business. Mm -hmm. So we are, we are shifting from the transportation business into the bigger one. I mean, the logistic, I mean, we talk about the transportation, the, the inventory, management, and everything. So it is more exciting to me because I have to learn the new thing also. And uh, I have to to more keen to see the opportunity on this business. Means that I have to make the new innovation again. Again and again. <laughs> so there are many, many innovation I have to to develop on this business. When you see the warehousing business in Indonesia mostly, if you want to use the warehouse, you you have to make a contract for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, so we develop the new thing. We develop the new thing that people can rent only in a day, only in a week, only in a month, not always a year or two years. So we develop with mm -hmm. the the different style of prices. Mm, I see, I see. All right, switching it up a bit. Ricky, what's something that you know now, but you wished you knew before you had started working in the freight forwarding industry? Maybe some tips or advice that would prove to be of value to our uh, aspiring entrepreneurs looking to enter the same line of work. Uh, right. I sometimes I regret when I was in UK, I didn't, I didn't make the good relation with, uh, with other people from other countries because my friends, uh, they were from UK, from Mexico, from Spain, and also from Palestine. So supposing that on that time, I had an opportunity to have the good relation with them. And maybe we can start up some agent in Mexico. My friend was the agent in Mexico, right? Well, I wish, I wish that I knew about this, the networking, the international freight forwarding. The network is the one of the biggest asset. If you don't have any networking, so it means you're nothing, right? That's also one of the important things that cannot divide it uh, with the knowledge. Right, right. So guys, this is very important. If you want to scale your business, networking is a very important aspect. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so important that it, it, it can't be neglected. It can't even be developed passively. You have to be proactive about it. You have to be proactive in making the connections, mm -hmm. proactive in reaching out and establishing your relationships mm -hmm. on a regular basis mm -hmm. if you want to scale your business. Okay, Ricky, a great organization is made up of great individuals that drive the organization. So with that, from a micro level, I think it's uh, important that uh, we get to know more about you, you know, know about your typical day or typical week and the other little things that add up in the long run to what you think contributed to your success. Uh... I'm just like the ordinary person, Gary, actually, just like you. Maybe after you wake up in the morning, then you do the exercise and everything. I, I personally, I do love uh, sport. Mm -hmm. So three times in a week, at least, I have to exercise myself. So I do love biking, mountain biking. 
So every week I have to reach 70 kilometer. That's the minimum that I have to reach. That I maintain maybe almost a year. Last week I reached 89 kilometer for mountain biking. I was above the target right. So after biking, then I had my breakfast, then I go to, to the office, just like do the routine work, just do everything that I have to do in the office. So what actually your daily routine, it will mirroring to your job itself. I mean, if you have your target in your routine, so it means you also have a target for your work, for your company, for your business itself. But if you don't have any routine in your daily life, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't set your target itself. So it means you, do, you also don't have any target for your business. Yes, uh, very nicely put, Ricky. And I completely agree with you on this one. I'm a strong believer that your daily routine or your habits, whether or not it's directly related to your business, yeah, yeah. Um, it's what builds your character and since you're the one who is uh, steering the wheel driving your organization you know your habits and your routine will overall uh, translate to the success or even failure of your business depending on whether or not you are uh, regularly yeah, creating yeah. small personal goals for yourself and more importantly whether you're executing on your uh, goals now uh, on another note, Ricky, it's funny that you mentioned exercise because it seems like a lot of the successful people out there, no matter how busy or how busy they are, they always seem to be able to find time to uh, exercise. Yeah, I can say it affects to the success, right? I mean, uh, when you do exercise in the morning, actually you also exercise your, your brain. When I did the mountain biking, I can get fresh air every morning. So it means that it is easy for me to think, to have the idea for my my work, to have an idea to innovate something. So it is more easy for you mm. to, to think. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to exercising, uh, what are the other major factors or set of dots that contributed to your success? Uh, right. The family is still number one. I mean, you live with them. What actually you are doing right now? What is actually your behavior, your habit? Actually, is just like mirroring from your parents. So, we live with our parents maybe at least fifteen years, I think, fifteen or eighteen years. So it means mirroring your your role model. We actually have two role models: our father and our mother. Right. That's the important thing. Mm. That make we success yes, in the yes. future or maybe right now yeah and i think the same goes for the majority of us including our listeners that we have spent a good portion of our lives with our families right our parents siblings uh, even aunts and uncles so it comes to no surprise that they have been or even still are one of our main influencers uh, basically it all comes down to influence as the saying goes you are the average of the five people that you hang out with so guys outside of the family be sure you're hanging out with the right people right be sure you hang out with the people who are like-minded in terms of who you wish to become for example want to become a business owner then associate yourselves with successful business owners and entrepreneurs want to have great managerial skills well then 
uh, go hang out with great managers and and leaders basically yeah 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 uh all right let's kind of wrap things up uh with your number one advice to the indo traps out there tuning in and how we can reach you well my advice actually is the first, the first one that maybe every people has the priority in his life right first if you think about others I mean others will think about you so if you want to run a company you just you never think that you just run the business for you you always think that you run for the business it is for a company a company company means the management and the staff right so if you're thinking of them you can get the positive feedback from them supposing you have 50 employees you you have 50 staff so it doesn't mean that you you give their salary for only for the 50 people you give a life for 50 times three or four people I mean 200 people that you have to concerning about them means they will concern also about you so if you're thinking business only about the money for you yes you can be a success mm-hmm. only for you but not for others and others will never care about you so if you think that this business you want to give the profit for you and also for them for their family also you will get more all right absolutely love it ricky this is this is a great way to improve company morale basically if you want to be big then you got to think big and you mm-hmm. can't do this alone by being a one-man team so mm-hmm. when you show signs of appreciation and gratitude mm-hmm. to your employees and when the well-being of your employees and also their families become your concern you know then they will in return reciprocate right which will ultimately translate to the success of your business so ricky what's the best way we can reach you well for reaching us actually you can go into our website www.raisepeed.com or you can reach me by email if you want to ask to me personally uh, anything or need the business consultation consultation on the transportation or logistic you can email to ricky mm-hmm. at raisepeed.com and you, you can find also raisepeed on the instagram on the website uh, on the facebook as well you just type the raisepeed asia so it will appear okay great so we'll be sure to add the links and references to our show notes section of this episode along with every other insights that were mentioned in the show. Just head over to the uh, Indotrep website at indotrep.com. That's I-N-D-O-T-R-E-P.com. And just type in Ricky in the search bar and his show notes should pop up. So do check that out, guys. And to all of the Indotreps out there tuning in, I hope you've enjoyed our chat with Ricky Rizki. Once again, Ricky, it's been very entertaining and very insightful. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with the Indotrap family. And I would definitely love to catch up with you again soon. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll wrap it up here. Enough said. Let's drop the mic.